I'm Manda, and together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m., where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackcompat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern. And now, the Boston Bastard Brigade, Electric Sisterhood, and On Mystery Inc. proudly present No Points, No Mix, The World's J-Pop and Alternative Hot Spot. Bastards and wenches, welcome to episode 280 of No Borders, No Race. I am your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. So, originally, I was going to begin today's podcast episode talking about how the segment I wrote about positivity in the previous episode bit me so hard in the ass. Uh, To make a long story short, uh, my girlfriend broke up with me. The normal place of my employment transformed into a toxic work environment overnight. And just the whole frustration of redownloading all the dating apps and just going through that process again, it just sucks. It's a nightmare and <laughs> it hasn't been a good past couple of weeks for me. And I was going to talk about that in the beginning. I have the whole thing written out right here. I'm staring right at it. But then a day before I was going to record this episode, we lost a true comedic legend. We lost the irreplaceable and super funny Norm MacDonald. I have been a fan of Norm MacDonald for decades. I grew up watching him on Saturday Night Live, watching him in movies like Dirty Work and Screwed and whatever thing that Adam Sandler wanted to put him in. (laughs) I loved Norm MacDonald. I know his comedy wasn't always everybody's cup of tea, but man, this is a guy that could drag out a story hilariously and then deliver a punchline that if it was funny it got a big laugh but if it was weak as hell it somehow got a bigger laugh than the jokes that worked there's something about Norm MacDonald or there was something about Norm MacDonald's comedy that was truly unique And the past couple of days, I have been watching all of his stand-up specials on Netflix. Been watching his Norm MacDonald has a show. I've been re-watching a lot of his Conan clips. 
This dude was funny. This dude was unbelievably good. And I had planned to actually see him live when he came to Boston uh, in, I believe, October. But it looks like that's not going to happen. And the thing is, what's amazing about Norm MacDonald is that he had been living with cancer for nine years. He had been battling cancer and unfortunately had lost the battle with cancer. Well, he would say, and he had actually say this, when you, die from, when you die from cancer, it's a draw because the cancer dies with you too. His quote, not mine. But he managed to go all these years, nearly a decade, living in suffering. And yet he's going out there touring and acting, not telling anybody that he was this sick. And my God, the tenacity of this guy, the strength that Norm MacDonald had. Oh God, I, I loved him so much. He he was truly one of the greatest of my generation. And many people would agree with that. I've been talking with my friends in the Wicked Anime crew about the death of Norm MacDonald and just how much he influenced us greatly with his style of humor. And I don't think we're ever going to find someone, at least in our generation, that is as slick, as funny... And even as down-to-earth as Norm MacDonald was in his humor. And to really show you, or to really prove to you just how good and funny he is, or how funny he was, you could tell this is totally unscripted because I'm kind of rambling right now. To prove to you that he is, or was, <laughs> as funny as he was, I really want to play for you one of my favorite clips from when he visited Conan O'Brien on his talk show. So please listen to how Norm MacDonald tells a very funny story. When I was young, there was a fella uh, by went by the name of uh, Jacques de Gautier. <laughs> and he was from uh, Tamiskaming, Quebec. <laughs> and Jacques de Gautier, he was a fella that really thought and he was smart, you know. He was our hope, I guess. And he, uh, he was, uh, while I was scrambling to get out of high school, Jacques Zagatino had already... I think he just changed his last name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a man grows. He, he, uh... This is the point. Yeah. Dr. know, he went to McGill University and he got three degrees, by golly. And he went uh, to the, over across the pond to the fellers with Cambridge and he even stood up to them. Mm -hmm. And we thought, boy, he's going to be the next. We had uh, Jean Marchand, Gérald Tertier, uh, Pierre Trudeau, the three wise men of Quebec. By God, Jacques de Gatineau was going to be the next. Give me the next gun. Yeah. But he vanished. And uh, I met him, uh, I started to do stand-up and, and travel from here to there and, and to here again. <laughs> and uh, one, uh, one time I was in uh, Niagara Falls, and uh, by uh, gosh, I went over to the uh, uh, Sea World there. You know how they have the Sea World? You know, with the different fish. You know. The I didn't know that, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Beluga. The sea world. I've been sure. there many a time. Okay, so I was checking out the beluga whales and stuff, and I look over, and who do you think I see? I hope it's that guy. No, it was, uh, <laughs> uh, it was just an attendant, but... Uh, 
<laughs> but he showed me to the place I wanted to see, which is where they feed the, the little baby dolphins, because I love dolphins, you know. And uh, who do I see there but Jacques de Gatineau. <laughs> and here he is, he's feeding the baby dolphins. And I go up to him and I go, Jacques de Gatineau, I, I feel shame for you. You were our hope. You were to go to Canada, uh, uh, Canada's nation's capital of uh, Ottawa. <laughs> and you, you were to be a great man, Jacques de Gatineau. And we were all, you know, we pinned our, all of, all of Tamistikamine, Quebec, pinned our hopes on you. Now, that's a, that's a hell of a burden for a man to have a town's hope pinned on them, isn't it, Conan? It is a lot, big burden. So he was feeding these baby uh, dolphins, you know, and I said, I'm ashamed of you, Jacques de Gatineau. You could have done so many great things. And he said, well, he said, I think I'm serving a youthful porpoise. Now, I believe that... Uh, <laughs> going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. You don't encourage that. Uh, it's like, that was a 40-minute story. It's like somebody... Youthful purpose? Youthful purpose? Yes. Not purpose. I don't know. Good God. I know. That was, that was way out of line. No, that was way out of line. Who are like you to criticize saying, Oscar Pistorius? It's like somebody saying, I got to show you something. They take on a four-mile hike to show you a dog turd. <laughs> Well, there's your reel for CBS. <laughs> we're getting Les, this Les Moonves. We're getting this right to Les Moonves. Yeah. I gotta have him. You wanna see that every night, Les? <laughs> this guy's got the goods. More Quebecois humor. <laughs> I love you. I really uh, do. You know that, right? That's that's that bit gets me every time. Oh, we are going to miss you, Noah McDonald. Uh, please, if you've never seen his comedy before, do yourself a favor. Go on to YouTube. Go on to Netflix. Find everything you can of Norm McDonald's stuff. He was one of the greatest comedians of the last 30 years. Anyways, on today's episode of No Borders Erased, let's get, ba- let's, let's get things right back on track. On today's show, an assassin has one day to finish her job, and a couple of elderly comedic legends and a young famous actress try to solve a murder. Plus, on this week's A Bastard Soapbox, the harm done to art during these COVID times. Specifically, a certain Boston venue that I hold near and dear to my heart. (sighs) But first... Let's go right into this week's playlist. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. And we are going to start the show off with a new song from Lisa, which is serving as the opening theme to the Japanese drama Promise Cinderella. This is Hadashi No Step. Shikajit na, na mida mo misa japa. 
butterbeer, funnel cake, boysenberry. There's no food like theme park food. Eat the Magic is a YouTube series about theme park food in Southern California and maybe Florida. Eat the Magic is hosted by a childless millennial of real repute, Jared the Greek. Karen's want him, Chad wants to be him, no bothers given. Tune into our show, Eat the Magic, on YouTube. See our thirst for Dole Whip on Instagram at Eat the Magic. We'll see you real soon at the parks. Why? Because we like you. film debut in a cameo appearance in the new Netflix film Kate. Now, if you're a fan of films like Atomic Blonde, John Wick, and Crank, then Kate is a movie that should be right up your alley. Starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead, 
The film follows a trained assassin who decides to call it quits after a job takes an uncomfortable turn. However, before she can enjoy her retirement, Kate is poisoned and has 24 hours to find the person who put a hit on her. While starting to tally up an impressive body count, she finds the young half-Japanese girl Ani tagging along, who winds up being the daughter of her previous hit. Winstead carries this film with such a tough-as-nails attitude, with the right amount of heart sprinkled in for those moments when she needs to listen to her conscience. Kate was an orphan, who was taken in by Woody Harrelson's character, Varric. She was trained to kill by any means necessary since a young age, so she feels guilty when a hit she needs to make will be conducted in front of Adi. Adi then becomes her voice of reason during her quest for vengeance, even if she started out as a hostage for her. When Winstead begins kicking ass and killing Yakuza, Kate shines like no other. There's a fight scene early on, right before she meets Adi, where the carnage she delivers is some of the best choreography I've seen in a very long time. And the gore is splendid. Fingers, heads, and other parts of the body are blown off in glorious fashion, in ways that'll make you shriek with delightful horror. It's this scene that'll sell anyone to stick around and see where the rest of the film will take them. There's also an aesthetic that Kate has that draws me into its world. The Tokyo setting is filled with that mixture of past and futuristic visuals that make Japan one of the most unique spots in the world. The club scenes, the kabuki play, even seeing Tokyo Ghoul blaring on the side of a skyscraper, a series that I've never watched, by the way, are showcased with such true cool flair. Add on a delightful cast that even includes Japanese guitar samurai Miyavi and another great fight scene, and you'll have yourself a hell of a good time. Now, one downside to Kate is that the story can be a little predictable. You can see some of the twists a mile away with narrative points lacking some of the originality of revenge movies like John Wick or even Kill Bill. But the good news is that the story of this movie doesn't really matter much. You know that Kate is going to die at the end. What matters most is if her thirst for vengeance will be quenched. And I will leave it at that so you can find out for yourself. You can catch Kate on Netflix right now. It is an excellent film whose only flaws come from its storyline. Other than that, it's 100 minutes of non-stop action, good character development, and some surprising humor. You cannot go wrong with what Kate has to offer, especially if you're in the mood for some badass brawls and some jaw-dropping kills. The King of Partying is back. Andrew WK has a new album called God is Partying, whose theme calls back to You're Not Alone's The Devil's On Your Side. It's slightly darker than his past works, but the end result is an excellent album. From Goddess Partying, here's Andrew W.K. with Babylon.
pop culture saturated world, what's a nerd to do? Hang out with your good pals on Nerdy Show, that's what. Our flagship podcast is a weekly celebration of the multifaceted D20 that is the modern nerd. When we're not devising horrors that combine VR and spiders or taste testing weird food, we're discussing the latest geek happenings, digging into our deepest nerd niches, or interviewing a celebrity or two. Head to nerdyshow.com or find us on iTunes and experience a multiverse of awesomeness. from their B-side collection, Another Morning, Another Pillows. You can also hear this in the original Fooly Cooly anime. The Pillows recently released a new live Blu-ray under its Return the Third Movement series, recorded back in July at Shinkiba Studio Coast. And what's neat about this concert is that its set list consists mostly of songs from Smile and my personal favorite Pillows album, Thank You, My Twilight. So I may need to grab that one myself. Now, true crime podcasts are everywhere, and their popularity doesn't seem to want to die down. So, of course, someone would come around and make a show that satirizes the creation of these true crime podcasts. What we didn't expect is that the people who would bring such a premise to life would be comedy legends Steve Martin and Martin Short. That show is Only Murders in the Building, now streaming on Hulu. Only Murders in the Building puts its focus on a mysterious death around Tim Kono. He's not a likable person, to the point where a memorial for him transforms into one for a tenant's cat. But the death puzzles actor Charles Hayden Savage and former Broadway director Oliver Putnam, who decide to team up to search for who the killer may be. Tagging along is Mabel Mora, played by Selena Gomez, 
who not only knows who Tim Kono is, but used to help him steal from other tenants in the building. The three decide to record their crime-solving quest as a podcast, as they are huge lovers of the true crime genre of the media. They ask around to see what they can dig up about the murder and find a motive behind why they would kill Tim Kono. One such suspect winds up being rock legend Sting, who becomes prime candidate number one when an incident between Oliver's dog and the police frontman leads to a horrible break-in situation at Oliver's. But the deeper they dive into the mystery, the more their lives are put into danger. You know, you can never go wrong with a pairing like Steve Martin and Martin Short, as someone who has seen the duel live in person. The camaraderie between the two flows beautifully as they deliver huge laughs and even some heartfelt moments. In Only Murders in the Building, they start off as mere passerbyers at their residence. When their love for true crime podcasts is revealed, they practically become best buds. Adding in Selena Gomez in the mix actually amplifies their bond, especially when they start digging for clues and find connections to Tim Kono's past. Despite it being a hilarious show, only Murders in the Building has a lot of heart in it as well. Charles has his current struggles with acting, but is pillowed by a possible romance with another tenant. But he has commitment issues because of a past love, which scars him to the point where he sometimes sees Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig in his room because of something related to it. Oliver struggles with his bad luck on Broadway, with even his closest friends treating him like poison. And even when his backstories are funny, they're tinged with a sadness that shows that he's trying so hard. But failure almost always waits for him at the end. Then there is Mabel, the biggest key in the Tim Kono mystery. It's clear that she loved him, maybe like a sibling, not like her boyfriend, but the death has her worried that she might actually be next on the hit list, going so far as to start recording confessions about her relationship on her computer, which will be found in the off chance she is killed. And it's all building up to that big reveal. What's the reveal? Fuck should I know. This episode of No Borders or Race goes live when its sixth episode airs, which I think is right at the season's halfway point. I have no idea if it'll have a second season or if it's just a limited series. Whatever the case may be, I'm enjoying what Only Murders in the Building is delivering, and I look forward to seeing how this mystery unravels as the story goes on. Watch it on Hulu and be in awe of the comedy, mystery, and drama that only Murders in the Building has to offer. Sayuri is back with a brand new single which is currently serving as the end theme to Eden Zero. Go watch it on Netflix, as I told you to do last week when I reviewed it. This song is called Tsukai no Himitsu. <laughs>
Program.com and fill the issues guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Fill the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review, or check out issuesprogram.com to check out our stuff. Basically, what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them, jump on over. Join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing, you can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places.
Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Check from their upcoming album. That was the Kundalini Genie with Half In, Half Out. The album arrives on November 12th, and the Kundalini Genie will embark on a small tour around the UK next month. And now, folks, it's time to enjoy another morsel of local Boston flavor. It's the Beantown Sampler. His name has appeared on Marquis, newspaper headlines, and bathroom stalls for those who are looking for a good time. And almost every Boston band has a story about him. With a mere mention of him, people will conjure up memories and nightmares of the things he used to do on and off stage. There are some that even claim that he's the one that first coined the word masshole, though many will argue that it's actually a sex move involving the state bird and a jar of marshmallow fluff. Is he the illegitimate son of Tony Clifton, a former coked-up roadie for Aerosmith, Ken Casey's personal plumber, the human cheer for Amanda Palmer of the Dresden Dolls, the greatest DJ ever to grace WBCN Radio? 
Nobody knows, yet everyone knows. But all we know is that there's no Boston musician quite like him. And he goes by the name Robbie Road Steamer. This past weekend, he magically reappeared at the annual Boston Freedom Rally and is rumored to have stolen the entire weed stash that was kept backstage. No one knows if he'll reappear again in the near future, but if and when he does... Boston will surely not be ready for the man with the heart of a rhino. From postcards from the den of failure, here's Robbie Roadsteamer with that number one hit song, They Laid Your Father Off from the Dick Factory. Oh, that pipe sounds fucking convincing, that fucking flute. Sounds like a keyboard effect. We couldn't even get a fucking flute player for this track? Alright. Hell of a band. The factory is silent now, but the ghosts still haunt the halls of the factory where your dad built dicks for all the boys and girls. Did he put the shaft on the balls? Did he put them in the bags? Did he ship them out across the land? Or did he do HR? Dicks on a good day Would hit the trucks for stores And all the Walmarts and Targets Sold the dicks right out the doors And the dick factory was a happy place Where your daddy earned his pay And he always took home a bag To make your mother's day Are shipped out from the factory To a land that's dark and scary That most of you will never see Fortunes are sailing Across the board at the factory Their purses full, their spirits free Until they close the factory of dicks Started outsourcing to India Your daddy found out the news He got laid off from the factory On a Friday afternoon And he stole a bag of dicks For your mother and her niece And he got drunk on his last paycheck And dad's naked on the streets Good for him Spirits free 
Star Trek to Back to the Future, we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at LeaguePodcast.com. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts on social at League Podcast. Oh my god, Carrie. What? Did you hear what I'm doing this fall? No. I'm taking Sex Unique podcast on tour. Wait a minute. I'm doing that too. I know. We're going on tour. We're going on fucking tour. She on the beat. She on the beat. She on the beat. She on the beat. You could hear us podcast and see us podcast live this fall. What? Los Angeles. Holy shit. Then Salt Lake City. Chicago. Philadelphia. Boston. New York. Everyone that knows me knows that I love, I love murder. It's like, no, you're just unoriginal. So does literally the entire population of the United States. Yes. That's why they all shoot each other. <laughs> Head to LarsMarie.com to purchase tickets. That's L-A-R-Z-M-A-R-I-E.com to get yours now. Are you feeling sexy and unique?
Japanese math rock king's toe with Sunny Boy Rhapsody, which is featured on the soundtrack to the anime series Sunny Boy, now airing on Funimation. I have no idea what the hell is going on in that show, but it's making me stick around to find out each and every week. Its soundtrack is a banger, though, as evident by what I just played. And now, once again, it's time to get a little thing off of my chest. It's a bastard soapbox. When things turned for the worst in the world, nothing suffers more than the arts. When you look at when the Black Plague happened, it led to the Dark Ages, where art, music, literature, and other forms of whatever constituted as entertainment was almost non-existent. The means to create are frozen by both the people who wish to create and those who fund the creators. This has been the most frustrating thing about this current pandemic, as we've seen many places where music and art are showcased being closed down. In the past, I've spoken about the shutdown of Great Scots and Thunder Road, two great music venues that have played instrumental roles in helping to mold music careers for many. A couple of weeks ago, another venue announced that it would be shutting down, as leasing it for another year would mean that they wouldn't be able to pay their employees. That venue is a place I've spoken about on many occasions on the original Boston Bash Brigade podcast show, The Oberon. Now, many years ago, The Oberon was known as the Zero Arrow Theater. There, I went and saw an original musical created by the Dresden Dolls called The Onion Cellar. It was an awesome experience, where the show happened all around you instead of just on the stage. It was the first time I ever saw the Dresden Dolls live, and the first time I ever met Amanda Palmer. And it happened on my 22nd birthday. And despite the fact that it was kind of a crappy birthday during the morning and afternoon, as there was no one around to help me celebrate it, The Onion Cellar made everything better. And the huge hug that Amanda Palmer gave me after the show is one that erased any sort of sadness that was remaining. A couple of years after that, Zero Arrow Theater transformed into Oberon. It became both a theater space and a killer club. There, I saw Amanda Palmer again as the MC in Cabaret, one of the greatest theater experiences I've ever had. It's where I also saw the Rocky Horror Show, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and the Serge Tankian-composed Prometheus Bound, a show that should have gone to Broadway right afterwards. And every time I went... I wasn't just a spectator. I was part of the show. Oberon also played host to some great concerts, burlesque performances, poetry readings, almost everything under the sun that constituted a form of art. It was a place where creative freedom reigned supreme. It could be weird as fuck, but it was always an experience you would never forget. And it would be something you cherish for years in your heart and mind. The closing of the Oberon is heartbreaking. I do appreciate the fact that the American Repertory Theater chose to pay their employees over renewing the lease for this spot. But it doesn't take the sting away. Oberon was an amazing theater, and it delivered shows that you couldn't see anyplace else in Boston. No place else in the city offers theatrical immersion like this place did. 
and it absolutely sucks that we are losing such a beautiful and welcoming venue that made you a player in the productions that they put you in. I hate that art has to take the brunt of the suffering when a pandemic happens. I get why it's put on hold, but when a precious place that showcased art is taken away, there's no way of getting it back. Unless ART found or built a venue exactly like Oberon, that feeling that came with attending a show there will never be replicated. I'm glad that they're doing a few more shows there as a sort of farewell event, which I personally will do my best to attend at least one of them. And for those who live in the Boston area, I hope you too will get a chance to see one of these shows before it closes. Originally, when I started this segment, I was going to be more focused on just how fucked up it is that the arts suffer while billion-dollar dream-crushing corporations thrive. But the more I thought about Oberon and what it gave me, I could only feel sadness rather than pure anger. I hate that we're losing this venue. I hate that other venues here in Boston have shut down permanently. And it frustrates me that no one will ever get the experience to see a show at a place like that. It's like when CBGB's in New York City shut down. To know what it's like to see a show there, you had to have been there. The sight, the smell, and the essence of that club. It's exactly the same thing regarding Oberon. You cannot describe the feeling of seeing a show there. You just had to have been there. And now, there won't be any way for those in the dark to find out what it's like. And that sucks. And that's all I can really say right now about Oberon shutting down. I guess I found myself sitting on my soapbox here rather than standing on it. You know, because when I stand on it, I feel more angry. But here, I'm just sad. Just really sad that Oberon is going away. (sighs) Maybe give me a little bit of a moment before I get off the soapbox. We're going to take another music break. So... I want to think back right now to a recent fun event I attended, and that was seeing metal band Avatar live at Big Night Live. Another great venue, by the way. Awesome setup. It would be a shame if that one closed down, too, especially with it being brand new. Here's a song from Avatar's 2018 album, Avatar Country, and it's a hand-clapping banger. With the strum of a guitar, the king welcomes you to Avatar Country.
Passion, freedom, knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at abstractjapan.com. brand new knife that was shown a knife with wonder wine shown a knife will embark on a 40th anniversary tour next year beginning with a selection of shows at the united kingdom so Tak 
彼は私たちの世代で最も面白い人の一人でした。ショックが失敗した時でさえ観客から爆笑されました。少なくともオージェイ・シンプンが殺して3人目の人物ではなかったことを私たちは喜びます。ネットフリックスの映画ケットはアクション映画に求めることができるすべてのものを含んでいます。暴力的、根性的で何人もの素晴らしいキャラクターでいっぱいです。また、日本の風景を美しく紹介しています。ケイトは予測されるように全くがっかりさせない素晴らしい映画です。Only Mothers in the Building は殺人事件を解決する二輪の伝説的なコメディアンが主演しています。スティーブ・マーティンとマーティン・ショットのパフォーマンスのおかげで信じられないほど面白いです。また、さらに共演者のセリーナ・ゴメズの良いドラマをミックスさせています。スポットライトが当たる犯罪解決チームの一員になれるようにフルで見ましょう。最後に、ボステンの劇場界は真のカスガイを失いつつあります。オーバーランは観客がショーの一部になれた場所でした。カバレーからヘドウィゲンズ・エングリギンズまでオブランはそこにいなければならないという真髄をたくさん生み出した素晴らしい作品をいくつか主催してきました。なのになくなってしまうのです。誰かがその魔法を複製することができるようになるまでには何年もかかるでしょう。My thanks again to my teacher, Mikio Hattare Sensei. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on her cultural exchange initiative, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org. You can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and on Facebook. Vicky Blanca have returned with a brand new album called Fate with a surprisingly different sound. From that release is Mirage.
自分に花丸あげてんだだからダメなんだって思うだからダメなんだって思うだからなんなんだってその方気はその勇気は見たいんだいつか君が我がネギワに落とした言葉が Show coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, a year end special. And I'll be with my good friend Evan Borgold. And you can tune into the Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese.、Uh, uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can somehow. Maybe you can buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show. Yes! Tune in! We're gonna have our year end top five countdown. It's gonna be way cool, and you can hear more good songs just like this.
a duo you should keep a close eye on. That was Cravenism and Maya Diego with the Tyler track from their Cargated EP. The Parisian singer Diego and Singaporean producer Cravenism first crossed paths at a show at Cornwall with their first collaboration occurring in 2019 with the album Vibes Volume 2. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Bash Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbashbrigade.com, like us on facebook.com slash bostonbashbrigade, and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me, your King Baby Duck, on Twitter, the J-Pop Video Games Anime Amino pages, Instagram, and Twitch at King Baby Duck ESH. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compat, which you can find at blackcompat.com, twitch.tv slash blackcompat, and youtube.com slash blackcompat. Promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from the Kundalini Genie and Cravism and Maya Diego, made possible by Shameless Promotion PR, and a very special thank you to Pass Music for their contribution to Shameless Tuesdays. We're ending the show with the latest song from Nekritaki, and this song just so happens to be one of my favorite anime theme songs of the summer. You can hear it on the comedy series Girlfriend Girlfriend, which is a very funny series from the same guy who did Aho Girl, so you know it's great. Here is Nekritaki with Fuzaka Tenaize. And until next time, this is your King Baby Duck reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it sure helps.
guys, this is your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo, from the Electric Sisterhood, and your host for the No Borders, No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com, CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Basher Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can.